You're listening to Choose Podcast. Season 1, Drive. Episode 8, Into the City. Previously on Choose. What am I supposed to do now? You grip the steering wheel firmly with both hands and breathe deeply, trying to calm down and focus yourself. This is all really happening. I accept that. But everything happens for a reason, and I can find that reason, you tell yourself. You take two more deep breaths before jumping out the car. You touch one of the shell casings piled into the space between your hood and your windshield. It's slightly warm as if it had actually been fired from a gun. You survey the rest of the car, but there are no bullet holes, just many, many dents from the falling shells. You take your hand and start brushing the shells from the car, the static air filling again with the tiny chimes of brass hitting the ground. Once you've cleaned off the car, you get back in and turn the ignition. It starts without a problem and you look out the windshield. It is battered, but you still have a decent amount of visibility. There is an answer. I can find that answer. You turn the car around the median of the city center and roll out of the area, crushing and crunching over the millions of casings. Once you leave the roundabout, it appears that the incredible freak storm was also extremely localized. Only a block away, no shell casings litter the street. It rained live frog once upon a time, and there was an explanation for that. Same difference, there is an explanation for all of this. You continue to repeat this mantra as you ramble back down the silent, empty roads. In the back of your mind, however, you can't help thinking that there was something you missed. There must have been some kind of disaster or a mysterious phenomenon that caused all this, and I slept through it. That seems really unlikely, but I am beyond likely anymore. While you drive, you start to have less of an idea of how to find out what happened. Aimlessly, you roam the streets, not seeing anything that lends a clue. You also have little to no idea where you're going. Absolutely nothing looks familiar, and you've lost all sense of direction. Soon, every street and avenue start to look exactly the same, like they are copied and pasted one after the other. Just as you are about to stop the car and rub your eyes, you see a flicker as you pass an alley. You stop the car and look around. To your left, above the buildings, you catch movement, but you can't tell what it is from your vantage point. You drive a few blocks down to a corner with shorter buildings. When you look back, you try to contain your disbelief, but you find yourself still awestruck. Three skyscrapers in close proximity to each other glitch and shimmer like the broken code on the computer at work. The one in the middle changes from a building to a giant building-shaped pin, then back to a building. One of the others turns to what looks like a building made of roast beef, then to an ice cube tray. The third building switches rapidly between objects. A cinder block, a wine glass, a shampoo bottle. Each transformation intermittent with silvery static code. You watch in amazement and horror, but you can't turn your eyes away. 
until pieces of the buildings begin to erode away. Boulder-sized chunks of the exteriors fall from the building, leaving only broken code beneath, still in the shape of the building. Experience has taught you that the presence of this code leads to terrible, dangerous things, and you know not to hang around. You put the car in reverse and speed down the street in the opposite direction of the crumbling buildings. That's enough of this shit. I'm going home. I've got to find some news on this insanity. You decide. And bury the accelerator into the floor. Despite not wholly knowing the way back home, you manage to wind your way back to your street. As you pull into your driveway, you see Mr. Rose still in his yard. You're shocked, as he's the first person you've seen since the monster at the office. He's still outside as if nothing's happening. Maybe he knows something. It appears that he's done cutting, but he still sits on the mower, facing the gate that leads into his backyard. You park the car and glance at the dashboard clock. Astoundingly, after all the madness in the streets, it only reads 7.05. You huff and glance at the rearview mirror. Mr. Rowe has not moved. Concerned, you get out and start walking across the street. You look around for Mrs. Rowe, but she is nowhere in sight. With all the crazy happening, I hope he's okay. Please don't let him have been affected by this. Mr. Rowe? Are you alright? The older gentleman does not respond. He does not move. Mr. Rowe? Do you need help? Where's Mrs. Rowe? You stop when the older gentleman starts to move. At first, there is one hitching jerk forward as if he sneezed, followed by a slow wallow backward to the right like a resulting twinge in his back. Still angled to the right, Mr. Rowe's torso swings to the left as his foot twitches from the mower to the ground. Slowly, he rises from the mower, his back twisting and contorting to straighten after the wicked bends it just took. Finally, he straightens to stand normally, then slowly begins to turn as if his body is moving against a powerful, invisible current. Your primal brain reacts. Every part of your body wants to turn and run, but your eyes remain locked and your feet remain glued. You don't want to believe what the deepest part of you knows will come next, as what was once Mr. Rowe turns far enough for you to see his face. It is black, the same inky pit as the man from the office. Finally, your feet release the ground and you sprint back to the car. As you dive in and put the key in the ignition, you catch movement out of the corner of your eye. You look to the right and see all three of your neighbors on that side emerging from their houses at the exact same time. But they aren't quite your neighbors. They are the height, shape, and shades of your neighbors except for the deep, dark void where their faces once were. You slowly look to the left. On the other side, the rest of your neighbors have also come to their porches, pointing their featureless heads in your direction. Then, in unison, they move towards you. You start the car and jam it into reverse. As the car picks up speed, so do the faceless monsters. As you straighten out on the street, you hear a bang on the back of the car. You look back and see one half of the elderly couple that lives next to the rose has slammed her palms on the trunk. A single loose roller hangs in front of the boy that should be her forehead as she leans forward to climb onto the car. 
You turn around as the rest of the neighborhood continues to close in. You don't want to kill anyone, but you floor the accelerator, narrowly avoiding the man your same age from the corner and a middle-aged man in a short robe. You weave dangerously half a block away from them before looking in the rearview mirror. The mob of faceless creatures continues to run after you but can't keep up. As you turn right to exit the neighborhood, you even notice the man in dark pants and the woman in the pink suit from your office are also in the crowd. Now even home isn't safe? With no place else to go, you fly blindly back into the city with no more clues than before. Maybe this is all just happening here, you think. If something did happen overnight, maybe everyone else was evacuated and I need to get out of town. You decide that you have to leave the city, heading for what you believe to be a way out. But the streets and buildings look more and more alike than before in some places. Some streets have names, others only the shiny, garbled code dripping from the street signs. You pick the direction north and turn on the first street you come to going that way. You figure if you drive in any one direction long enough, you have to get out of the city eventually. But when you try to confirm with the car's compass, there is no reading. The indicator only randomizes directions, occasionally stopping on one for a moment before randomizing again and stopping on a completely different direction. Is this just the car, or is this something affecting the whole magnetic field of the planet? Can that be what's causing all of this? Despite not having a real sense of direction, you continue to take roads going north as best you can and try to avoid turns that would put you back in a circle. You drive for what feels like an hour, but the clock in the car continues to slowly tick backward. 7.02, 6.53, You start to be concerned, however, how much further you'll be able to go. The code is spreading. Everywhere you go, trees, buildings, empty cars, parts of the road, all turn into or are covered in the same glitching and shimmering broken code. The compass could be the magnetic field, maybe even the time. Not like I'm a scientist, but what the hell could possibly be causing that? You feel desperation growing as you take another look at the clock that reads 636. You're not even sure how much time is passing anymore. But with that desperation comes anger. What does that mean? You shout at the clock and push the pedal down harder, flying through the strange and deserted streets. I bet you're expecting a choice here, aren't you, my dear companion? There isn't one, but perhaps you'll find a new path in episode 10. Choose Podcast is written and produced by Kids Knight. Music and sounds provided by Joseph McDade, Purple Planet, and Royalty Free Sources. Links to it all can be found in the episode notes. Transcripts and episode list are available at ChoosePodcast.com. If you're enjoying Choose, please consider supporting us on Patreon by following us on Facebook, Tumblr, and Twitter, rating and reviewing us on iTunes, and most of all, sharing the journey with your friends. 
Thank you so much for listening. And remember, there's always a choice.